welcome to Night of the Living Geeks. If you geek out over it, we've got a podcast for it. Wildflower, hear me roar, call through the valley, curse forevermore. Hello everyone and welcome to a brand new episode of Tornado Tag Radio here on NOTLG.com, episode 246. We're going to talk about the one-year anniversary of AEW Dynamite. You're also going to talk about The Collective, which was a collective of wrestling events that occurred over the past weekend. And we're going to talk about how far behind we are on the G1 Climax Tournament. But before we get to all of that, my name is John, and joining me this week is my good friend Chris. Chris, I couldn't come up with a tag team nope, off the top I got, of my I head. I, I, I got you covered here, John. You are the bush, bushy to my Hiromu Takahashi. We I like los, it. Los peligrosos tonight. All right, I like it. That's good. That's good. You know, uh, speaking of bushy, I was, I'm, I'm putting together a top mask wearers. For the ho- for Halloween for uh, that hashtag show, and I think Bushi Bushi's might go. in the top three yeah, easily. Bu- yeah, if for he's sure. not, like it's a crime against humanity. Like, have you seen that man's collection of masks? I mean, it's, it's insane, and it's not just masks he wears while wrestling. It's masks he wears before he gets to the wrestling. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Like, if there's a man who. At this point, I just have to think New Japan just pays him extra to go, okay, like, here's your mask budget, and then here's your actual salary. Yes. Don't spend it all in one place. <laughs> and then he does on masks. <laughs> <laughs> he does it in masks, but then again, he also runs a successful, like, chicken karage restaurant uh, oh somewhere over there in God, Japan, too. Really? That Naito frequents on an often basis, so he's doing well for himself. Oh, I want to go, uh, I wanna go there. Oh, no, I 100% want to go there when I go visit, for sure. Well, Chris, how are you, sir? For the most part, been okay. Uh, It's been, you know, with a whole pandemic and everything else going on, you're never like 110% because any shred of normalcy that you once knew is dead and gone at this point. Yeah. And we're just gonna, we're just gonna have to get used to whatever this new normal is, but... I'm just doing as well as I can. I can be at this point. I hear that. I think we're all just do, doing the best we can at yep, this point. We're trying. An effort is being made. That's the best way we can put this. Yes. So a couple of weeks ago, we previewed two of the events from the collective. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to get them. And then come the end of Friday night, I think. I purchased the entire package and now I'm, you know, I'm even further behind on wrestling. So uh, I'm not sure how many of the events you saw. I watched I watched everything that happened on Friday and now I'm just kind of playing catch up with some of the events. Yeah, Friday for the most part outside of I think it was AIW that they had in the evening. Mm-hmm. That was the only one that I didn't uh, really pay full attention to yeah. uh, full fledged. But otherwise, everything on Friday, well, uh, Jimmy Lloyd's show that started off at noon, I didn't catch that. So SUP and For the Culture were my Friday choices. Uh, Effie's Big Gay Brunch, uh, 
bits and pieces of spring break, but that was also when about a food poisoning from the night before into that day oh, hit hard enough yeah. to where like after the Shelly Deppin match was done, I'm like, I just need to go try and sleep this off. And yeah. so I did. So I missed pretty much the remainder of Saturday. And then with Sunday, I really didn't bother with anything until Paradigm that night, uh, Trap Zone, which oh. was phenomenal as well. Just because I'm not the biggest um, BLP guy, just because I personally think the owner's kind of a money mark. Uh, uh, bit of a, a little just, bit. Uh, uh, he's the kind of guy who throws an awful lot of shade for someone who couldn't look up a certain vendor who, you know, fucked him out of, you know, booking for specific people, uh, which were better known as like SmackDown, like mid cartel and from like 2006 yeah. to yeah. like 2011 yeah <laughs> like you get what you deserve with that one there but just it sucks for the people who wanted to see those guys who might have been on attendance or who uh bought parts of these shows to you know watch them kind of thing because you never know you get a couple of those guys here and there i will say the black label pro show had two back-to-back like really good tag team matches uh, they had Tom Lawler and Eric Stevens versus Airwolf and Angel Dorado, who I had I had never seen Angel Dorado before. Top, yeah, Top weekend. Flight was it was my first time watching Top Flight this weekend between for the culture and then hearing what they did on this show as well and just yeah, uh, great. They Book are, everywhere. Yeah, they Please. are great. They are I'm, really I'm, good. I'm, I'm like if if Super Dragon is somehow listening to this show, listen. Put them against the rascals the moment that you decide to book a return show. Oh, absolutely. When everything is somewhat safe to do, uh, I you'll get your money's worth out of it. 100%. That would be great. And then after that, they had um, Violence is Forever versus the, the Besties. Mm-hmm. The Besties Forever? Is that what they're called? Yeah, uh, yeah. The, be- the Besties in the World. I besties believe. in the World. That's what it is. Uh, that match is also really good. So, I mean, if anything, the Black Label Pro Show had two pretty good... Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, you know what? The main event was pretty good too. Jake something and and Warhorse. So that I mean, it was right because they didn't they do the whole thing where they revealed that it was Gary J who stole the title after yes. all. Yes, yes. Uh, like I know a lot of people were big on Gary J, and I know Gary J and Warhorse put on very good matches together. They have a lot of good chemistry, but otherwise, I just don't see what people see in Gary J personally. But um, that's just me. I like I like him. I'm not really sure. I haven't seen him wrestle in a little while. So, but I have seen him in Warhorse wrestle before, and it is yeah confirmed. Mm-hmm. Those matches are great. I saw, sure. yeah, I saw that at the collective in person last year around oh. maybe New York. So yeah, that nice. Was fun. I do re- remember that match. I'm trying to th- I'm trying to look at everything else that I yeah. that I watched. That sub card was pretty good. Yeah, SUP was phenomenal. Uh, the Mortiarty Daniel Macabe match is something people need to go out of their way to see. Because Ab- just absolutely. Oh my goodness! Just, and I mean, it's good wrestling I, right there. Daniel Macabe is great. Super bummed that Macabe. I it, he was only on this card, right? Yes, that was his only show that entire weekend, and that's just that's a shame. Oh, what are you doing right now, guys? I I do not. It's it's very very uh very. But I mean, strange. he he took the one match that they gave him and he went out and killed it. So yes. Good for him, and in general, good for Lee Moriarty, who was oh. all over the place this week, and then just consi- consistency after consistency after consistency with the matches that he put in, and just so 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 good. Before this weekend, 
Lee Moriarty was not anywhere on my on my wrestlers of the year list. And right now, I'll tell you, I think I have seen five of his matches. Oh, he's phenomenal. I think I've uh, seen five just... or six of his matches. And based off my ratings, Lee Moriarty now sits at nine in my, in my <laughs> wrestler hey, of the year. Sometimes a breakout weekend is all you need to just completely, you know, blow up into the scene. I mean, I'll, I'll tell and you right now. He did that. Yeah, did I mean, him and Makabe was great. Him and ACH was also really mm-hmm. good. Yeah, that was at. Um, I think the cr- the crowning jewel is it, it was him versus uh, Gresham at Spring Break. I gave it. I, no, no. Did I message you it. and I said I get five stars? Yeah, I think I might have. Yeah, yeah. You you mentioned to me. I'm like I'm thinking this gets the full five, and then at the end of it, I'm like I don't blame you if you do. Yeah. So I gave it the full five. Moriarty so, Gresham, so uh, and then Gresham gave him the uh, the old rub at the end there. Um, uh-huh. Man, that match was so good. Yeah, and I heard good things because he had a match with Shelly earlier in the year I, as well, too, which was super fun. From I need what to he watch heard. that. So I'm yeah. going out of my way to find that as well. And it's, I saw some of his work with Paradigm as well, and he's done some good stuff there too. It's um, so. the Shelly match with hit uh, uh, with Moriarty is on I. It's on uh, independentwrestling.tv. Yeah, uh, I think, yeah, it is on IWTV, so yeah, I will definitely find it for sure. I almost, like, I want to go out of my way now to watch more Moriarty from the past. Like, I usually, like, as of right now, we're going to talk about stuff that I didn't watch during this weekend and then talk about how far behind we are in the G1. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Let's not even begin with that. I've, <laughs> I've thought about just going back because I just did a search on Lee Moriarty in independentwrestling.tv and there was looked I looked up a bunch of the matches that are on there for him and I went, These all sound like bangers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That so right. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if at the end of the year if if he gets up to about, I mean, I could see him hitting the number one, depending. Mm-hmm. But fair, I, he's got fair. he's got yeah. a way to go in my rankings. There, there, there are rankings to climb here. You know, the John Pingle tier list is not an easy one to crack by any means. Do you want to know what my top ten is right now? It is a wild. Place you might to you be. might as well just get it out there since we're currently on sort of the open topics before we hit dynamite. So so ten ten right now is Chuck Taylor. <laughs> yeah, Dustin's have been having a good year for himself. Absolutely. Uh, nine is Lee Moriarty. Eight is Kota Ibushi. Seven is Moxley. Six is Okada. Five is Naito. Four and three are the Young Bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, two is Hangman, and one is Kenny Omega. Now the top four. I gave I gave their tag match a five star, so that's why they're so high up. I like right, if, yeah. If mm-hmm. that match was not as amazing as I thought it was, it, they would all be a little lower in the in the rankings there. But sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, it's so it's so what a weird year, just wrestling wise. Yeah, very bizarre year as a whole in terms of. Yeah. Oh, hey, you know wrestling and things oh do do you know what match i also really enjoyed this weekend was i just watched it today was dark chic versus still life with yeah that was a very good that was a very good match from yeah 
from Effie's show for sure. The main event between Cassandra and Sunny Kiss also oh, delivered huge. I did get that was fan. the only only match I caught when it aired live, and I was like, "This is amazing! I love this. Mm-hmm. It's very good." Um, yeah, just um, just a great weekend. I don't. I, I I'm gonna try and watch every. Did you not get blood? Are you not a big blood sport guy? Um, no, not really per se. I mean, the Moxley Dickinson match probably would have been my main sort of attraction to check out alongside the women's tournament. But otherwise it's, it's Josh Barnett and I just don't want anything to do with Josh Barnett if I can help it. So I watched, I watched the opener and then I watched the two first round women's matches and the women's Mm -hmm. matches were pretty cool. And then I, I started to watch, Tank, oh, Calvin Tankman is that dude is great. Tankman too. is fun, and I mean, if you remember, since we can go sort of back and forth around him and O'Shea Edwards on Friday for for culture, just yes, dude. Considering O'Shea was like the second replacement initially because they wanted Will Hobbs there first. Hobbs had to pull out, then they wanted John Davis. Davis had to pull out due to injury. So, yeah, just uh, I mean. Two heavyweights, it, it was exactly as Biggie describes it. Uh, his dream match has to be big, meaty man, bump me. Slap me. <laughs> Slap me. Five star classics, 30 minute matches. Not me. <laughs> Not me. Not me. No, yeah. O'Shea had a great weekend as well. Mm-hmm. He had a pretty Jake's, good match yeah, against Jake, Jake something. Mm-hmm. Um, he the also. Eight-man, yeah, the eight men was fun just for him at the end, walking out on everybody yes. after the. Beat him off the apron enough times. Yeah, that's what. This is this is what Billy Dixon deserved. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, But I, yeah, I mean, what what else? What else was there from this weekend? But but Bloodsport, I'm kind of like, I mean, I want to see that Homicide Tom Lawler match because that does sound like fun to say the least. Sounds like somebody was getting shot on there. Uh, (laughs) I mean, Homicide was stepping on his head. It was ridiculous. I, I would be surprised if Lawler just told him to, you know, go for it. And <laughs> yeah. Know our feelings because yeah. Tom Lawler is that kind of crazy cat who will do such a thing. So. Oh, and speaking of Tom Lawler at, at the, um, the AIW show, they did the karate man versus Tom Lawler. Oh yeah. Right. Didn't they have, didn't Tom Lawler walk out to, um, America. What was it? I heard about it on Twitter. Yep. Okay, yeah. that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> Steve America. America. Yeah, it was um it was pretty funny because they showed the video beforehand because I guess they had a match before and Tom Lawler mm. hit the five finger death punch. Yes, and, and I, I remember him. seeing that match and apparently, you know, killed him. Yes, but he came back for revenge because Tom Lawler the karate didn't, never dies. Didn't, didn't act like a man when he murdered him. <laughs> yep, uh, that's what it was. So, I mean, AIW still a ridiculous place, which is which is great. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think was... if there's anybody else that was like a big standout to me. I'd I'd say top top flight for sure, and Lee Moriarty, mm-hmm. absolutely. I'd say in general, anybody who was in that for the culture show. Oh, that was a great show. Yes. That was the best show of the weekend, in my opinion. Oh, loved that show. Like everything. On paper, I'm like, these are going to be very good matches. And then they happened, and I went, holy shit. And, and then the order in which they were put to, I'm like, wow, AJ Gray really did a fantastic job booking this. Like, my yeah. goodness. Because yes. everything just flew it. And while I can't while I can't say that the main event for the show was the best match of the card by any means, I understood the significance of it. 
and oh, the yeah. that they were doing there. And Tuchel's Scorpio-defying gravity at like 50-plus years old will never get old to me at this point. Oh, absolutely not. Just no, no way. A, a lot of fun altogether yeah. with that Florida culture. So I do hope that GCW sees what you know AJ and Effie did with these shows, with booking them and putting them together, and that they're given a stage ideally in front of a full crowd next year around yeah. if we're able to do that. Like, that, would, that would be nice. That would be very nice. Something that is not very nice, Chris, is um, we're both very behind on the G1. Good grief. Um, I could actually see, tell I'm you the last have, time I yeah, watched. I'm halfway through night six right now, and knowing that that was the night in which Yoshihashi beat Sonata did not encourage my spirits by any that's, way. That's the last match I watched. That's the last match I watched was Sonata so Yoshihashi. We are literally on the same spot right now. And that's right. the end of end of September. And I mean, I don't. We're in October right now. Yeah, I, we we have a lot to catch up on. I don't even want to check how many days uh, I'm behind. Oh no, we're behind enough to where in a few hours from when we're recording this, which is Thursday the fifteenth. Uh, the first of the three nights at Ryogoku is about to start in about six hours? Oh, Something boy. like that? Yeah, that sounds about right. Jeez. It's bad. I, I, mean, I don't even I, know. Like, do you even know who's in the lead? Or Yes, I can pull this up here in just a moment. Yeah, I'm going to look at so. it, too, because, I mean, I'm so far behind. There's, there's couple, no way. Yeah, there's a couple of scenarios there. I believe it is, like, Okada, Jay White, and Ibushi fighting basically for... A block, and then you have Naito leading Naito and Evil tied in B block with uh, Sonata catching up, like being two points behind him. I think is what it was. Uh, Interesting. Let's find a way here. I think that nineteen seventy two should have it. Maybe. So Possibly. let's see. Yeah, JY and Abushi are both tied with twelve right now. I'm sorry, no, and Okada. They all have twelve. Evil and Naito have twelve. Sonata has ten. Zack Saber has ten. Mm-hmm. And the big and the biggest thing to keep in mind too is that the uh, main event for B Block, which is tomorrow, is already set. That is going to be Evil versus Sonata. Which Ooh. oh boy, <laughs> and, and that and it looks Naito Naito's against Kenta on that final night as well. So yeah, I'm honestly thinking Kenta beats him and. Uh, Sonata beats Evil, and by default of the tiebreaker that Sonata has on Naito already, he goes on to the finals. Yeah, I mean, that that would be great. So Sonata beat Naito, huh? How's Naito doing? Mm -hmm. That's his... Oh, he's lost two? Yeah, he's just lost to Sonata. Sonata. Those were the only two that beat him so far. Everyone else, he's... So now he just has Kenta. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then it's Ishii versus Jay White main eventing tonight with... Ibushi and Taichi is the semi-main. Now, Jay White holds tiebreaker. Oh, Jay White, once again, winning every every match except Cobb and uh, the Unspeakable. Yeah, pretty much. So he Just, has tiebreakers on everybody. For the most part, yeah. Jay White basically controls. He's basically, if he beats Ishii at this point in the main event, he's in for A block. Because he's got the tiebreakers over uh, Okada and Ibushi, yeah. I believe. So 
It's a very interesting situation, but you've had some upsets from the looks of it with Cobb beating Jay White, which I don't think anybody expected. Oh, no. Going into the tournament for sure. Um, Shingo Takagi continuing to prove that he is probably one of the best wrestlers in the world right now at this tournament as well. From yeah. What I've been hearing that seeing the first two matches of the tournament he had, not that surprised by it at all. So, oh, no. Uh, but then again, I think E-Block has just been more of a grind for me and me dreading trying to catch up on these shows because the unspeakable is in that block. And I'm just like, great, that, that that's well, one match skip. But at yes. the same time, it's just, ugh, man, why is he even <laughs> going in the first place? What well, the hell? I don't know. It's just dumb. Agreed. But well, I, I am probably going to be staying all three nights coming up here to watch these final shows. So... Pray for my sleep schedule and its <laughs> non-existence for the next week. So, oh boy, celebrate good times. I will just um, most likely be waking up to the news of each each day, seeing who won. And then just watch it at one point or another. Yeah, that you're doing the same properly adult thing. <laughs> I'm the idiot here. Don't do what I'm gonna be doing. Guys. I mean, I wish I could. <laughs> I wish I could. I wish I could be up live tweeting these events because they're so fun, but it is it is not to be. Nope. Oh well. No. All right. Unfortunate, alas. Uh, who do you think's taking it? Do you think I Sanat? honestly think I think it's Jay White's to win again? Huh? I really. Oh, he I hasn't. Mean, Jay won. White made the fi- he made the finals last year, but Ibushi beat him. That's right. Um, I do think that White would be my first choice. Ibushi would be my wild card choice out of A block. Uh-huh. And I just don't know. I think that with Sonata, if he wins, his briefcase defenses are just gonna be so dull with the guys that beat him. Like having to defend the briefcase against Yoshihashi, do we really want to see that? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know Dan might be thrilled at this, but I personally am not. Sorry, Dan. It's fine. I apologize to him because he's nice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I, honestly, I think, and I don't, I don't think it's happened. The defending champion has never won, right? Not as of the G one portion times, at least not that I can recall off the top of my head. Honestly, I, if, if that happened, I would never the, complain the, yeah, about any. The brief, yeah, not at all. The brief in the briefcase era, I don't think it's happened. I can say that much. Okay. So if if that happened, I would never complain about Naito booking ever again. Like I would just be like, he's the first double champion. He won the main event in the Tokyo Dome, and he mm-hmm. is a defending champion who won the tournament. I'm good. Like if Gato's smart, he'll just do that and then just fuck him over for the rest of his career. Uh, they can't take it away from us anymore. No, they, they can't do, do all that though. At this point, it's like what's done is done. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I, th- I think I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing Sonata win it. I wouldn't either. I just think that you definitely would have to with the briefcases. It w- with the briefcase defenses, it would just be really interesting who they'd let get a crack at him, especially since the schedule is going to be. Yeah, the schedule is actually going to be super short, especially yeah. considering that they're going to be doing best of super juniors and world tag league back to back. So, yes, it does make me wonder if they might just squeeze in like one defense of the briefcase, and that's pretty much it. Uh, whoever takes it at that point goes into the dome. 
to challenge. Um, so I'm trying to remember because I saw something very interesting where Jay White, what, what's going on with Jay White and uh, Takahashi and Evil? The whole thing is that Jay White thinks that they're out to get him, that there's some sort of like sabotage plan happening within Bullet Club because Evil is basically going, not all of us stand with you, Jay White, kind of thing, since, you know, he took over. And I, I figured this would happen the moment Jay White got back in which there'd be some semblance of Bullet Club power struggle. I'm just hoping that whatever comes out of it, which is likely going to be in the aftermath of the Tokyo Dome, it just is a situation where a couple of the guys split off from Bullet Club and just formed their own stable because boy has New Japan needed some new units for a while now. Yeah, they I, I still think they should have done the um one person defects from each faction just so everybody gets involved. So everybody hates yeah. them. Yeah, I really think that you'd have something with that, absolutely. Um just whether it happens or not, it's very much a <laughs> see approach at this point. Yeah. Just like it is with ghetto booking. Oh, uh, yes, absolutely. Man. <sighs> just uh, just thinking about that. Thinking about that. But let's talk about the one-year anniversary show for AEW Dynamite. It happened... It was a show. Now, I guess as an overall blanket statement, I saw this. I saw this. Somebody posted this um, on Twitter, and they were like, "Oh wow, a show where all the titles are defended, but none of them change hands. How great!" How do you, in general, feel about all the titles being on the line at a show and none of them changing hands? Bit of an odd choice, if you ask me, but. I guess that is a choice that they chose to make on this anniversary show. And boy, hmm. I guess my other question would be if, if you were to have, well, actually, I think I already know the answer. Who would have, who would have dropped the title? If anybody probably Hikaru Shida could have dropped the big swole and I wouldn't have batted an eyelash to be honest with you. Yeah. I think that's, that's one for sure, but we'll, we'll get into the other matches individually here. We open up the show with FTR taking on best friends for the AEW World Tag Team titles. We got the Blues versus the Purples. And not just the Purples, but the nice little sort of baby blue accent color to go with the Purples as well. And the Dustin and Greg corner in which Marianne, if she were here, would probably be heart eyesing accordingly and tooting it like yes. at a moment. So, so Marianne, clearly not here. It's been a hectic week for everyone, and this was quite literally the only night I could record in the next three nights. So here we are, and I, I, I would just assume if Marianne was here, just the, just the fact that Chuck Taylor and Cashew Wheeler started off, I would need to hit this. You just made the list. So I, I just hit it in honor of Marianne. Um, I think at the beginning there was a lot of like everybody saying like, we're so happy AEW's a thing. But I think the one that meant the most to me at least was when Tony Schiavone was like, hey man, this is great. I love wrestling again. 
I'm so glad I'm part of this company just because, you know, he was gone for, for a little while from the wrestling business time. And he had the stink of WCW to wash off of himself there. (laughs) while The later years of WCW, which as I guess as good of a cheap plug as any, you can go into the PWOM network and check out WCW days of thunder where two Irish lads uh, basically watch thunder. So you don't have to. And, you know, talk about it accordingly, which is just... I would always... I would watch it always. Come on, man. WCW Cruiserweight Tag Team Titles. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, they are just uh, getting into <laughs> Fall Brawl. They just got past Fall Brawl 98, I believe. Oh, recently. wow. So they are headed towards that 99 to 2000 wacky Vince Russo WCW yes. zone the later. So I can't wait to see how they tackle that. <laughs> oh, man. That's so exciting. <laughs> Should be great. Uh, I mean, I thought this match overall was was pretty good. Um, this match was clothesline city. Everyone was clotheslining each other. Yeah, uh, just uh, people just trying to do their uh, putting, getting their lariats there, get, getting people down on the mat as forcefully as possible with their big arms. So <laughs> Absolutely. stuff happens. A tope happens at one point or another because best friends do that sort of thing. Yes. And I mean, they did hit strong zero and oh man. I didn't hear a bit on that strong zero as well too. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, yes. I know it got broken up by the part by, uh, I think it was cash who broke it. Yeah, it was I cash. It was cash. Okay. Flying just, in. I'm like, yep. Flew in according, but I'm just like, man, I'm like, I would have bought that being the finish. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was a couple of times in this match and in the TNT Championship that I went, oh boy, this is it. Yeah, between that or the thing with Tolly grabbing onto, I want to say it was Trent's leg? Yes. The he, there. I th- and, yeah, and then I think Chuck tried to pull him up. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, oh man, this was this is a very good match. It obviously ends with, um, you know, hashtag cheat to win. And belt to the dome. What a what a crack that. What a yeah, I, I'm just thinking about something like: Is this uh, suddenly like a wrestling video game, or are we playing Def Jam Five for New York all of a sudden and oh, just man. whacking people with foreign objects across their heads? I would I would kill for a new Def Jam Vendetta game. If it's uh, if it's Aki doing it again, absolutely. Yes. If it's anything like Def Jam Icon, no. You oh, can boy. stay in the pen where you belong. <laughs> uh, uh, but. The important bit here, though, John, it was them going to the outside at one point, and for some reason, Kip Sabian playing in an arcade machine <laughs> in the crowd. And, of course, you know the rule of wrestling. One of those two wrestlers in some sort of weird foreign object we're not used to seeing, somebody's going through the bitch. Yep, and that unfortunate person was Trent. Um, Kip was very upset. He told Penelope to go get him. Sent for the man. Said he sent for the man. So we could only assume that it, Miro was coming out after the match. He came. He destroyed best friends, and um, then we started our next match after the break, which was Miro and Kip Sabian versus uh, Sean Maluda and Lee Johnson. I mean, this was a a squash for sure. Um, I was excited to see Sean Maluda because uh, if anyone has been listening to us for a while, I really enjoyed him whenever he he would pop up on on NXT. 
Yeah, that remember that one time where he nearly killed himself against Kota Ibushi in the most <laughs> Kota Ibushi way possible. Yes. Good times. Oh my god. But I really do like Sean Maluda, so it's good to at least see him on, on TV. Um, what do you think of Miro still using the accolade? I mean, I know he's calling it the game over, but I mean interesting change of name there. He nearly botched it too with yeah. the lock in on it initially, which was a little bit awkward, but Good recovery. I do think Miro in general is uh, right now. I'm not as sold on him doing this whole thing with Kip Mm -hmm. just yet. Like I'm happy that he's somewhere where he can be happy and get paid to do the job and things like that. Uh, But right now it's kind of like the whole thing because I just think Kip Sabian is there to say something snarky once or twice and then get punched in the face for it. That's basically his role. I don't see him really going anywhere yeah and Miro being stuck with him for a little while there it definitely feels like they're just holding him back but then again at the same time I do think this is better than him just being hot-shotted to a very good match with Box for the AW title in which he loses and then he just gets lost in the shuffle for a couple months yeah I think unfortunately we've unfortunately seen that happen way more often than not be it with Lance Archer for a little while, who we're going to touch on later, um, and a couple of other guys involved. Even MJF, to an extent, has sort of been lost in the shuffle since that loss that he's had yeah. to Moxley there at the pay-per-view. So it's it's hard to tell right now. Uh, I hope that they can turn this uh, whole thing of breaking an arcade uh, and Miro going, good friends, broke my shit, <laughs> into something entertaining, which given at least three of the four people involved, we'll get something decent out of it. But I guess an arcade being broken does make for a better feud than, say, the situation I described with uh, with him being lost in the shuffle or a Japanese shampoo commercial being the reason for two guys to fight each other. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Wow. Um, I mean, I I agree with you. It is like, it, it is a very weird situation for AEW to be in because they're trying to build Mox. Well, I mean, not trying to. They're, you know, they're trying to keep him as the the company guy who has the big title, who builds prestige for it, and or more prestige, I guess, after uh, winning it from Jericho. So it's kind of hard for you know to sign these guys who should be in the main event, like Lance Archer, or you know, sniffing around the main event. Lance Archer and Miro and also Brody Lee and then for them and and I guess Brian Cage to an extent and then it's just like Moxley yeah, I challenge you yeah. <laughs> Moxley I challenge you and I've lost now what do I do so it's kind yeah. of like yeah it, it's kind of weird so I'm I'm kind of glad that he's not been immediately into a title match because it's just like well he lost and now what mm-hmm. at least they have some time to figure it out if they want to also i think i mean this wouldn't be happening if uh kip's tag team partner wasn't such a piece of shit yeah i mean there 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 is also that but i also figured that if kip was still stuck with that anchor around them he'd just be stuck on dark for the next couple months and not seeing any semblance of yeah for Wednesday night TV time, so Kip has got to be thinking that's sort of a blessing in disguise. To be oh, abso- absolutely. 
Uh, meanwhile, backstage, yes. holy shit, Lance Archer did not hesitate to get this thing started. Uh, Lance Archer, we cut the backstage where Lance Archer is just beating the shit out of John Moxley and Jake huh? Ro- Jake Roberts. I'm not sure what was happening with him. He's like, oh man, my my vest came off. I'm not really sure what he was doing, but it was I was just mesmerized just, by his, him. His, 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 I think it was something along the lines of his vest came off, which meant, I guess, it was meant to, like, he was ready to find somebody. I guess. And, and then again, I guess Les Archer has reasons to try and fight Moxley early on, given the fact that he was, unfortunately, at a certain event this past week in which did have its fair share of exposures oh, to COVID-19, man. and Les Archer's not trying to have that again at this point. Oh, jeez. Which... Boy, yeah. Um, I mean, if uh, and we talked about it a little earlier, but if you look at the, I'm happy for the workers that had good showcase weekends because their names deserve to be highlighted. They deserve to make all the money in the world. Yes. But then the idea, but then it's more and more. Y'all did this indoors. There might be cases involved, and it's just. It's the hindsight really is 2020 thing. Yeah, I think the the other thing. It's only going to strengthen the argument that, you know, you shouldn't be having crowds in these shows to begin with. Yeah, I mean, the other wild thing you just look at is so-and-so tested positive and they wrestled this person and this person and this person. And those people wrestled these people and those people had, and you're like, oh my God. Like it, it's six it's six degrees of collective COVID nineteen at this point. Yeah, it's it's, it's not great. We've only, I think I've only heard of the one, right? Um, I mean there was the one, but then uh, Cabana Man Dan also mentioned that he did test positive for it. So I'm hoping oh, that it's boy. one of the situations where a couple of days later when they retest, where this maybe is a false positive. Hopefully, hopefully. fingers crossed. Yeah, I'm I'm just hoping that uh, again. It, it it's a completely different argument for a completely different time, but I just don't think GCW should have any business booking a show in California this weekend. Immediately, oh, yeah. you know, the week after, you know, yeah. this has all happened. But yeah. Brett Lauderdale needs to make his money, I guess. I guess so. Um, after after this, we had the the brackets for the World Title Eliminator Tournament. And uh, the matches are as followed in this thing that I made too small, so I can't read it now. We have Pe- uh, Penta L Zero M versus Ray Phoenix. That's gonna fuck. That's gonna 100%. be one hundred percent. It's gonna be amazing, and that's next week too. I think. I think. Cannot that. wait. Uh, we have Kenny Omega versus Joey Janela. That could be fun. That could be just a fun on the match. basis of Joey doing crazy stuff and Kenny Omega just lackadaisically and you know uh i guess like backhand backhand complimenting everyone involved until he needs his way into the finals which seems to be what we're building for but we have uh wardlow versus jungle boy that should be fun that should be a lot Uh, of fun i'm 100 curious as to who comes out of it because coming up against whoever they've got on the next round could be a lot of fun just colt cabana versus uh, hangman page is the last match i mean i love yeah, I love Colt, but I do think this is the setup for Hangman versus Kenny in the finals, which is fine. It's more so the journey that we're taking to get there at this yeah. point. So I, I think the way I see Kenny's brackets playing out is, I mean, he they better do him versus Ray Phoenix. I really do think it would be interesting from a 
triple A uh, like campionato rematch type of thing, but him versus Penta could easily go just as well. I mean, I think their... they did. Didn't they do that at all? All in. Yep, they did the singles at All In, and then they had the six men way back at yeah. PWG Bowl of 2017. So the single that singles match of, was very good. The singles match was fun, but I know co-host of Strong South Story Jeff and I do agree that unfortunately on that night when you had Kazuchika Okada in the building and you don't do him versus uh, Pentagon is just like I mean at this point. I mean that would be. <laughs> borderline criminal that would be it, insane it, i don't even know what that yeah, looks it, like it, i don't know what that looks like either but i wish i would have in, instead of okada being basically paired up with a guy who turned out to be a complete nonce oh my god and point. also go over the time yep mm-hmm. there, yeah. there's also that so so rip, rip the pieces all around but Hangman Page versus either Wardlow or Jungle Boy low-key might be a match in the tournament. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I think we got to get Wardlow going a little here, honestly. I really, I really do agree as well. And because Wardlow, I think, is way too talented at this point to even be an MJF shadow at this point, right. in my opinion. Just this let, let, let this large man do large man things. This also had the strangest let's go to commercial ever where they just did the brackets and they were like, well, yeah, those are the brackets. Yep. And then it just kind of went to commercial. It was so weird. Somebody missed their cue backstage. Yeah. Probably for that, which is unfortunate because yeah, their transitions are usually better. Yes. Uh, up next MJF has something to say. Oh God. <laughs> he comes out. Why? The inner circle is here and they are all wearing jackets except for Sammy. And I'm just going to say this. For me, personally, MJF suit, a toot. Fair, fair enough. Sammy has a jacket, but he refuses to wear it, and it's because we find out it is the biggest jacket ever made for a human ever. And, and, and you can see and MJF just slowly but surely getting ready to walk right on away from Wordlow when the time is right and sneak right into that spot that used to be Sammy Guevara's in the inner circle over there. <laughs> <laughs> this undercutting shit right here. Uh, MJF loves Chris Jericho. Jericho so t- tells him to cut the shit. <laughs> um, and we also find out that Jericho hates Animal Planet. And w- did you see Jericho throw up the two at one point? I think I did. Yes. Just I'm not sure what it was about exactly, but because it did like that. whatever MJF said, it didn't warrant a two reaction from Jericho. I feel so. I wonder if Jericho was like, "You got two minutes. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's hurry this. Let's go." So basically, the the whole thing around this is MJF um, wants to join the inner circle, but his quote-unquote pride won't let him say straight out he wants to join the inner circle it's basically two egotistical men not willing to be not willing to lower themselves as to be the one to ask whether in jericho's case he doesn't want to ask mjf to join the inner circle because it'd make himself desperate while mjf does want to ask chris jericho to join the inner circle because it would make him look weak yes 
So yeah, that's the whole dynamic there. And you, you basically get this sort of passive aggressive yeah. faux pas between the two, which leads them to, well, the rest of the members go setting up a, yeah, setting up a date for a steak dinner. Yeah. Next they're, they're going to get a steak dinner next week. The rest of the inner circle says we don't want him in the inner circle. <laughs> I love it though. Uh, which is great. And no, no. I mean, I just have silly is the only word that comes to mind. So we're going to get yeah. a steak, a sit down steak dinner with MJF and Jericho next week. And Dan brought up a very good point. He said, do you think MJF is going to join the inner circle? Probably maybe with Wardlow, maybe not. But then do you think he's going to take over the inner circle from the inside out and kick Jericho out? That You'd think that almost has to be his play at this point. You would that think. He's kicking out the event, that he's kicking out the young, straddling sidekick, if you will, in Sammy Guevara. And probably sowing seeds of descent to where, you know, Santana and Ortiz could just as easily be one Eddie Kingston promo away from going, yeah, no screw this we're gonna go back to what our old boy over here yeah and jake hager just gets bored and decides to be a maggot shud who go (laughs) bang this conservative wife and stick it to the sjw cucks or something like that probably that sounds about right (laughs) so we'll see i mean i think that's especially if he's not under contract at that point anymore and goes away for good yeah Uh, that would be i mean then mjf would be the greatest of all time basically if he gets rid of all, yeah, I'd, have to, I'd have to for, forcibly admit that if he willingly got Jake Hager to leave this company as a whole, <laughs> it would be terrible, and I would hate it with every fiber of my being. But <laughs> there you, there you have it. Twenty folks. There you have it. So up next, we had a Britt Baker and Tony Schiavone uh, segment. They went to the spa. My and- God. <laughs> this this was just my notes are just all caps laughing and then oh my god this is amazing the best thing out of this entire Britt Baker heel turn has been Tony Schiavone unwillingly becoming the straight man to every single one of her antics I and I and it's just phenomenal yes and I do love that you know she there there is like we're friends but like she's kind of over it. Like she's like, I like him, but he's so dumb. Uh, it's just and great Tony's stuff. Just like, and Tony's just like, I like her to an extent, but I'm just being nice about it rather than just saying all the things that I should say to her face. Um, yeah, I absolutely loved this. I thought it was a lot of fun. And Britt Baker basically announces that her comeback tour continues next week. Up next. Yeah. For the AEW TNT Championship, we had Orange Cassidy versus Cody, and Cody has already fucking bleached his hair back. Fuck my life. Uh, um, I just have to say, I think two weeks' worth of My Chemical Runnels comments definitely got to him at some point or another. I mean, I guess so. He vanity searches himself on Twitter. I am fairly certain of that, to where he's just like, oh, guess we're going back to the blonde again. I'm the champion. No more Moody Cody. You know, adrenaline in the zone. Something, something Cody Rhodes. And we're all so tired of seeing on our TV. Wow. There you go. A man who, who, who I didn't realize till Dan mentioned it last week has two theme songs. Yeah. That's <laughs> That 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 
Um, so uh, they show Darby Allen in the you know in the rafters of the building or whatever, and I'm like, oh man, well that kind of just ruins it for me. Yeah, you're telling me that you couldn't wait until the end of this match to maybe make this announcement? For fuck's sakes, guys. Or like cut to him. Like there was no mystery after that. Like, I mean. Yeah, that's just that's a miss there on something that you could have gotten like a little bit more of a pop out of that crowd, out of that small crowd that you have attending a show. And just from like a perspective of things, this just makes it this just sort of gives it away as. Well, something's happening here where Cody's keeping the title because him and Darby have like stuff to settle at one point or another, and it's just ah, good lord. Yeah, Um, I mean, once again, Cody Rhodes proving that he is the millennial Triple H of our time. (laughs) As much as he hates that man, as much as he hates that he is. (laughs) This is like the this is like the the CM Punk. John Cena speech where he goes, you have become what you hate. You are the New York Yankees. Yankees. And that's, then he, and then that's what sets John Cena off is like be yep. saying that he's the New York Yankees. He's like, God damn it. <laughs> I'm the Boston Red Sox, you motherfucker. How dare you? <laughs> I mean, great analogy by punk, but true. Yeah, very, very much. So, um, uh, orange Cassidy loses his sunglasses and he kicks them. Which again, I feel it's another missed opportunity because if you're going, if you're in TNT where they know drama and where they know their movies, Cody should have just taken the sunglasses, crushed them in his hand or something, and then Cassidy done the whole, "Hey, those were five hundred dollars sunglasses, asshole," and then just punched him in the dick. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but 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 anyways, thank you everyone for joining this ep- impromptu episode suddenly of Soundtracks on the Sticks, where John and I will be talking about <laughs> Mortal Kombat Two soundtrack. Yes. My God! Uh, so Orange Cassidy eventually locks up here. Um, Gets a chant for it at the end of it too, which is just good work. Small crowd, I appreciate yeah. you for doing that. Um, the Dark Order gets involved a little bit here, and and they get ejected. And John Silver, uh, still, you know, maximizing his minutes on TV, being the greatest thing ever. Very much so, which does make me think that. If people do break off from the Dark Order at one point or another, the Beaver Boys should be on that list because I feel like them doing this stuff, John Silver being John Silver and Alex Reynolds just playing the straight man to the entire thing is something that could have some legs in the tag division at one point. I've I've been calling for Brody to kick them out of the Dark Order and then we get like Beaver Boys versus Super Smash Brothers for like a yeah, month and a half. I, yeah, that'd be fun. That would be 100% a ton of fun. Yeah, that would be do. great. But I do think that some, something tells me that Brody Lee likes them too much on the stable at this point and the uh, BTE bits that they do to where they're just like, now we're writing this for like another six months to yeah. a year. There's enough content here. <laughs> to uh, I mean, uh, what do we get? A coat like 80 Cody cutters. Um, <laughs> that reverse superplex was pretty cool. And I will say like, Overall, Cody, I thought, was selling the neck pretty well. Uh, but I think he forgot about it towards the end of the match. But Sounds about right, yeah. Um, that diving DDT from Cassidy was crazy. And at one point, I was just like, we're going to go to a draw. Like, that's what's going to happen. And It was starting to get telegraphed accordingly. But 
Thank goodness for Orange Cassidy stepping it up accordingly by deciding to deliver a beach break right on the apron. Uh, again, Genki Horiguchi getting shouted out with each and every one of those. And because we referenced Dragon Gate, uh, we just have to go ahead and say hello, Dan. Hey, Dan. We hope you're well. <laughs> <laughs> Giving me the, them sweet, sweet Dragon Gate. We watched Dragon Gate the other the other night. I watched uh, oh. one of the newer, the one with the cage match. Oh, fun. Yeah. yeah, it was good stuff. Good card. And that was my first time seeing that match, the one with all the stipulations. Mm-hmm. And it is ridiculous, and I love it. It sounds about it. It sounds about right. And I know just like Dan is, I'm superbly curious about Dean Ferno's identity at this point in time, too, because that's a big boy there. And it might be a boy that we've been waiting on to come back from excursion from he, Mexico for a while now. He, he's, so. he's pretty convinced it's not Sean Skywalker. Fuck. Yeah. No, he's he's pretty convinced it's not him. He thinks it's the other guy whose name escapes me. Okay, fair, fair. But yeah, he's he's pretty sure it's not him. I, I just want Shun to come back. I do too, dude. Oh like Dragon Gate. He's great. He was Love already him. great and I wanna see what he's picked up. Yeah, exactly. Like we what he's picked up from the excursion, especially. Oh yeah, that should be a lot of fun to oh. be involved. But like you mentioned, yes, eventually we do go to a draw with uh, Cassidy being about two counts away from winning the title outright in commentary, saying as much. Yeah. But then you have the gloom and doom of a triple threat match, not just any triple threat match, a triple threat match involving Cody, which for those of you who were around in the year 2018 and remember a certain show called King of Pro Wrestling 2018 in New Japan involving a certain Kenneth Jerome Omega, Kota Ibushi, and Cody. Yes. In that, in that triple threat. Uh, let, let me tell you, uh, it, it's the kind of stuff that still haunts me to this very day every time I hear the words triple threat. Um I don't think I may have told you this, but Jeff and I nearly quit the podcast that we had all together after seeing that show. Oh, wow. Because 2018 was already going like in that direction with the whole Bullet Club elite, Bullet Club OG, like sort of drama, which then just, you know, gets bookended in a boat by four people saying, yeah, we're not doing this anymore, which just thank you for wasting our time for the entirety of a year, question mark. Uh, just a lot of factors. And thankfully, that Wrestle Kingdom was great and like redeemed itself at that point. And just we moved on to bigger and better things in 2019. So yes, yes, we did. Woof! Oh my goodness! Woof indeed. Um. But. So I think if there was any any match, um, where the title should have changed hands, it should have been this. And now we got to wait two weeks to for possibly a one on one rematch where I just don't I don't think. Orange is going to win. Um, but it's kind of like they they really screwed themselves with the Cody not being able to fight for the heavyweight title. Um, yeah, I do, I do think at some point or another they have to find a way to uh, reverse that in some way, shape, or form because it's just going to cripple, I think, a lot of the decision-making that they've got to do for some of these shows and some of these main events that they got to run. Cause yeah. eventually, man, like, the Cody STNT champion thing is already starting to get real stale real quick here. And yeah. it has potential to be even more, especially if 
this defense against Cassidy, he beats him clean, and then he goes on to uh, full gear against Darby, and then just you know beats him clean there too. Beats Darby, and it's yeah, it's just like a never-ending cycle of of like two to three guys that he's just yeah, facing. That's that's exactly the problem there. It becomes basically just a very much. Uh, yeah, it's just not a whole lot of fun. Yeah, it's not great that your newest title already feels kind of stale. Yeah. Not yeah. great. Yep. Uh, we had Archer and Mox fighting backstage again because you know what? Why not? Um, we had a Matt Hardy. This was also disappointing. We had a Matt Hardy, please, we'll put your family on camera. Please stop yelling at us interview. Um, Rebby's just like, hey, I'm looking forward to this paycheck or uh, this apology. I mean, this apology that Tony Khan's supposed to give me for that one time. Yeah. My um, husband nearly got killed on live TV or Jesus. something. So Matt Hardy says he's ready to go. He's ready to go. And then we kind of get a little video where um, uh, it's just like, it's Sammy Guevara. Who cares? I don't even really feel like it, it's just, he's like, it was me, Matt. It was me all along. This isn't over till I say it's over. And it's like, ah, man, Sammy, we got him. Sammy, you had to get out of jail free card. Yeah. Why? why? I mean, just why move would you on. Do this to us? Why would you do this to yourself? Most importantly, why would you do this to us? That's the important part. I I agree. I mean, why isn't why isn't Sammy fighting for the TNT championship? A very good question. That's actually. like that feels very natural. I, I get maybe they feel a little bit, you know, not as keen on doing it still because of the whole thing that happened with him a couple months ago. But yeah. at the same time, like at some some point or another, something's got to give. Here. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, up, up next, Please. Please. yeah. Up next, it was the Lethal Lottery. Uh, my God, it's made its return. We had spin the wheel, make the deal return, and the Lethal Lottery. WCW will live forever. Uh, no, Whoa. basically. So we're, we're we're picking name tag team names out of a um, what do they call it? A roller? I don't know what it is. Anyways, they're yeah, picking. The lot- lottery roller thing. yeah Let's just there you go the lot, lottery roller so they're picking four teams they're gonna have one match and the winner will face ftr at full gear for the aew tag team championships it goes private party silver and reynolds butcher and the blade and the much to the dismay of tony shivani the young bucks uh, just insert that gift from the uh, Jerry Boat show where Tony Schiavone is just saying fuck audibly. Yes. That's exactly what that was. Oh, man. So Young Bucks come in the ring. They super kick everybody. Everybody starts fighting. And sounds about right. Yeah. So it sounds like full gear is going to be pretty crazy, depending. I mean, we'll get to the main event here in a minute. Um, but... Oh, I'm sorry. We have Hikaru Shida versus Big Swole for the AEW Women's World Championship. Um, The obligatory one women segment in the entire show. Yes. Unfortunate, but very good match otherwise. A couple of of cues missed here and there. That seemed like, as you mentioned, uh, the whole push on your notes, the pushing uh, her into the camera thing, the spot taking a while. Oh, it took so long. Just bit awkward there, but they did pick up the pace accordingly there. Just um, cutter season every season yes. from the looks of it, which fun. Uh, I'm good with cutters. Yeah. 
I mean, for me, I felt th- this match, I mean, it had some cool stuff in the middle of it. Uh, if it kind of didn't get started really, really quickly, uh, it was fine. It was a fine match. And to your point, I went back because one of my friends had messaged uh, somebody on Twitter about checking how many women's matches has there ever been more than one women's match on a dynamite? And I went back through, I want to say December of last year. And there has only been one match, if any on a card since then. Yeah. It, that sounds about right. Unfortunately, the whole issue with setting up a women's division like that. And I know the pandemic hasn't helped things in terms of, the roster and their idea where it seemed like it was going to be sort of the Joshi show for a little while there, but that's still just the situations where some of this time that you're using for some of these segments, you could use for some of the girls in your roster to continue to set them up rather than just trying to shoehorn in one match or one segment with them in the main show. And then be like, Hey, watch AEW dark for all this other stuff. Yeah. I think also, fine by the way like we liked it but it can be a better match somewhere down the line i think if they have a little more extra time and something more of a story in it other than just champion versus number one contender kind of thing yeah they gotta they gotta do something with that i mean i will say that i mean statlanders hurt who was one of their Mm -hmm. i mean i i assume they would at least maybe have uh, I think Statlander would be champion by now, honestly, had she not gotten hurt. Absolutely. Really 100%. And, I mean, Britt Baker was hurt as well, or quote-unquote hurt. Um, so, you know, we had two of those two were out, but it's like you could you could have had the Women's World Tag Tournament on the show, you know? Yeah, it would not have cost them. It would have been just like hey, you're just basically taking a segment from somebody like an MJF who's just going to ad nauseum do his shtick over and over again every week and use something like that in one of the uh, semifinals or the finals of the tournament. So just it's... I think they just have to be better with their time management on this women's division because that's one big opportunity that they had at the beginning of Dynamite in general to established there and when you can say that uh watch this the situation where nxt and even the main shows of raw and smackdown are doing a slightly better job than you at a, a building a women's division which is oh just yeah and sad with the with the draft they just did the they actually evened out the women's rosters for raw and smackdown which is wild Good lord. Yeah, but huh. they, they evened them out. They look pretty good now. I mean, Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair on SmackDown, my God. That's fun. That's uh, good. I'm excited for that. I'm also excited, again, just um, even though she's stuck under the reins of Triple H, Ira Shirai continues to be arguably the best women's wrestler in the entire world, world right now. Just oh, yeah. The boundaries whatsoever. Lovely stuff. Uh, but I think in general, just they need to do better with this division. This division deserves better. And the women who are busting their butts to try and make lemonade out of whatever lemons they're being given. Yeah. They deserve, they deserve more for I, their efforts. I agree. I it's 100% agree. Uh, before we get to, oh my goodness, the the Braves just, well, and it's final. The Kershaw, Kershaw again? Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, dude. I need hold on. Let me check. I sorry, yes. everyone. Let me just check. <laughs> let me just check this because I need to see how badly yeah, we, he Kershawed. Live updates. Ten. Ten two. Yeah, let's. Yeah. We well, it's over. The game. The, apologies, folks. No, that game's over. Kershaw gets the loss. He went five innings, four earned runs. I mean, that's not awful. He had that's four strikeouts. That's not as bad as he usually tends to do in these playoffs, but boy, their bullpen just shit the bed. I mean, <laughs> I mean, the guy who came in after him threw to one. It's It looks like he just he gave up a three-run home run is basically what it is. His ERA is 20. Yep. Yep. It was Rios who hit the home run off of him from the looks of it. Amazing. Just, just or wait, not Rios. Sorry. Um, Ozuna. Woo. Let's see. Ozuna hit one. I guess. Yeah. It's just one of those circumstances, man, where like the Dodgers for me being a Rockies fan, it's just shot in Freud at this point more than anything. <laughs> yeah. It's wonderful. Uh, I'm just hoping Tampa doesn't shit the bed against Houston at this point. Man, they bet they better not. They better not. They have they better be- not. Like this is. I will be like, so mad. Not, like we do not hand Houston a a World Series appearance on a platter after all the shit they did. Yeah, that after okay. straight up like bannable for a year offenses, if not more. Yeah, just, I mean that's like uh, you're not getting in the Hall of Fame shit. Yeah, and let's considering that we are talking about a wrestling show, we actually have a proper transition for this because next up is none other than the Lucha Bros alongside Eddie Kingston, who's rocking a gorgeous, I mean, gorgeous Vlad Guerrero, uh, Montreal Expo. I will say like, I know that I know the Expos technically, you know, the, the nationals are still in the division, but man, if I don't miss those Expos, just the logo, the jerseys, Oh, love it! All the right, all the right stuff was there, and again, just it, it, and it's a it, it's a classic one in Vlad Guerrero as well too. So oh, absolutely! Good, did, good on Eddie. Good taste. Did you Very see? I I think I'll 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 send it to you on somebody on that I follow on Instagram said, "Hey, if anybody who actually has skills to print this wants to print it up," and they did like a Montreal Expos logo but it's it's the e and the um the the end of the m is a k so it's eddie kingston it, it looks very cool i'll send it to you after we're done oh, looking forward to it i was like oh i want that immediately yes so we do get them coming in we know there's going to be some announced table stuff but before that sean spears wants a moment of our time yeah, john and right. i say no thank you and we move along yeah basically <laughs> a thing with Scorpio Sky that's being set up to happen and as said by uh, Jeff who's usually my co-host on Strong Style Story and he does Boom Goes to Dynamite with Paul Sebastian these days uh, every Wednesday after Dynamite uh, gets off the air they had a good point in making saying that this seems like it's a way of building Scorpio Sky for another big one to maybe challenge for the TNT title or even the world title at some point or another and if that's the case cool Get it done. Get it out of the way. But just uh, with Sean Spears, look, I get it. You were trying to do something different. You took a shot. You failed miserably, but you took a shot. Just stay in the back, collect the paycheck. You're good at that. Then go back to the Fed, collect the paycheck, and at least you can hang out with your wife up close or something. Just <laughs> enough. Enough is enough. 
Yeah, I mean, I, at least I guess they're trying to do something with either one of them. I mean, it, it almost feels like they, they're just done with SCU, you know? It, it seems very much that it's a situation where Kazarian and they're not really... They're, I guess they're taking more mentorship roles in the back, especially with Daniels at this point, and they're trying to just sort of let Scorpio take the reins and kind of become the big single star out of the bunch. But I don't know, man, it, it's very odd. Like I figured SCU would factor in a little bit more. Yeah. But you would think, but uh, let's get to our main pandemic as well, too. Who knows? Uh, Let's get to our main event for the AEW world heavyweight championship. John Moxley taking on Lance Archer. This is a no DQ match now. I'm half surprised if one of the petty executive VPs then look at this and go, hey, let's just call it a Texas death match like that one thing they did at the one place in January that one time that we talked about last week. Yeah, we should do that. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm very pleasantly surprised. Good on them for actually showing some semblance of self-control here. They did it. They, I mean, they, most of them are ve- are very excited about the changing of the guard at New oh, Japan yeah. because we're mentioning Harold New Japan every well week. Liked. Yeah, Harold was not well liked by at least three out of the four. Yeah, uh, which, but then again, when it is when one man's vision was you're here to sell our foreign shows and nothing else, and the others are like we should be main eventing the Tokyo Dome every week. Yeah, you kind <laughs> of have opinions here. Well. Anyways, let's talk about how Lance Archer just decided to throw that dude through a glass plate of some kind. Yes, what a, what an entrance. Uh, Lance also has a new song, which... Uh, uh, why? Yeah. There was nothing wrong with his previous theme. No. But then again, it sounds very much like AW. It's just like, we need to do our own thing and have our own music. Look at our music, guys. Just Yeah, what, did they also lose um, CFO? Yeah. <laughs> And just they're yeah, they're I, like we I, need to I, remake I, all these songs and make them shitty. Yeah, it's just they've had the same person I think in charge of their music direction for the past year plus, and just I'm sorry, it's been more misses than hits. Please yeah. reconsider, please. Yeah, absolutely. Ugh. Um, out the gate, Moxley hits the paradigm shift, gets a two count. Fantastic, fantastic start. Eddie was- Eddie laughs his ass off, which is just. <laughs> Eddie on commentary is just like my favorite thing ever. Just loving life. Telling Uh, JR to not get out with him. Yes. And then immediately tells him, that's a tope. That's how you call that move. (laughs) (laughs) Typical Eddie Kingston faction. And just, did I mention I love Eddie Kingston? I don't think we we say that enough. Absolutely love it. Uh, Lance Archer just rocking Moxley with these elbow strikes throughout the match. It's just like, holy hell, man. He is just laying them in. Getting them stiffing. And, I mean, Moxley gave them back, too, at a certain extent as well. It's just two men that that had worked together in the past, did well, and they just decided, you know what? We might just stiff each other a little bit. No big deal. Go for it. So. And... We also had we had two two homages here by Lance Archer. The first one was the pounce. Oh um, man! And I holy just... moly, that like as soon as I saw the Monty Brown video that morning, I said, "Strap him up, let's go, give Lance Archer the title, let's do it, bring Monty Brown back, do whatever you want." 
Listen, Lance Archer, barring any major controversy that gets him shit-canned or canceled uh, for all for right reasons and everything else, officially has diplomatic immunity until summer of 2021 for yeah. just unearthing Monty Brown off of whatever hole he's been in the past 15-plus years and just having cut, like, the promo of promos on Twitter yes. last night. so good. Monty, and Monty Brown still has it, and he looks like he has not aged a day. He oh, just no. threw his hair out. I, I honestly would not be surprised if in a month or two, Monty Brown is managing somebody in AEW. Please. I would not be surprised. I th- not at all. Put here, put him with a Will Hobbs. Have him take fools to the center Holy of Serengeti. Money. Money. Oh, <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Let's let's. Fucking go. The new alpha male, Monty or uh Will Hobbs. Holy shit. Just, yes. That's the end of the show, folks. Who cares what happened? <laughs> We're done. Uh, so I guess my next question is why the fuck does everything have to be picture in picture? Especially like this is every title's on the line, and it seemed like every single match was picture in picture and these are supposed to be important matches they need to do a better job with these uh, it's been a year at this point and AEW, their uh production team still hasn't figured out the commercial stuff and going into picture in picture at whichever times they need to do and especially in these big matches just uh if anything like i'm envious of anybody who is watching through either the uk or because they don't get these interruptions no it's just straight through yeah it's man but yeah it's it's um it's not great you have to set up up the tables happening you have a candle boss sent on to happen somewhere in there oh my lord Uh, more elbows come along too tables chairs just it's getting out of hand here and and once again Go. Oh, Archer hits the DDT. That was the other homage. Just yeah. hits a straight up DDT. I was like, that's great. And Mox gets the victory with a backslide, which was actually very interesting because earlier in the night, that's almost how the Orange Cassidy Cody match mm-hmm. ended. Yeah. So uh, they weren't talking. <laughs> Nobody yeah, was talking that. to each other. <laughs> Yeah, because, I mean, you also have, like, the stuff setting up to the chokeslam for the chairs, the paradise shift spot for the tables, which was a complete homage to the Wrestle Kingdom yes. Texas death match finish that they did. Um, uh, Archer kicking out a paradigm shift in the ring as well, uh, and the Bulldog choke not being, you know, tapped out to, thus leading into that crucifix. So just, uh, you have the finish... You have Archer walking out, like, confused, angry as usual. And then you have Eddie motherfucking Kingston oh deciding God. to dynamite once again. We're Ed, blessed. Hear We're me out. truly blessed. Hear me out. Eddie Kingston closes out every dynamite until their contract runs out with TNT. Oh, yeah. What, what I think... Between us and I know Jeff for sure, we're all in agreement with that. Just holy, just moly. let him close. So Eddie comes to the ring, basically goes, "Let's hear it for John. What a great champion! Oh my God, I love you, brother. We're here for, like you. here for you. It's like we pin up these roads down, up and down together. And, just- and uh, John Moxley receives 
a motherfucking backfist to the future for his troubles, and he gets dropped, and Eddie puts him in the bulldog choke, I believe, or he yeah, puts him I, in a choke. I think it's just a regular yeah. choke. Just put, puts him to sleep at that point, and then just cuts, starts cutting a pro in which TNT was very rude to just get us off the air at that point, but the rest of it did make it onto Twitter and boy did he lay into him oh i gotta see that i haven't seen that but i've got the clip for for here i will dm it to you on the twitter yes please sent just an extra minute of just shit talking all around basically said i never quit on the sport you went to entertainers you married a hot wife it's like you married your wife and did all this i man dude at what like he emphasized like I never quit on this, which just makes me think Eddie Kingston versus John Moxley at full gear. I quit match. Let's do Get it. Let's I that that has to be where we're going. And everyone's like yeah. I th- I saw some other people go, so I guess we're just going back to this. And it's like, yeah, we're fucking going back, yeah, to, this. Going back to this. Are, are you kidding me? me? This shit is money. What Eddie Kingston do? is money. What are we doing? Yeah. Do, do you not realize that the initial match was set up completely to give Kingston an out? Yes. At this point? Like, uh, so. Guys, fuck uh, six. Anyways. Love Absolutely that's love it. The end of Dynamite. It's great. The Lucha Bros are there. They're going to be fighting each other next week. Uh, at some point, the tournament, the Eliminator tournament matches begin. Yeah, um, the four way tag match. Britt Baker wrestles. And then we've got that dinner with Jericho and MJF. There you go. Just make, makes me wonder: Are there stakes going to be Omaha stakes, like the ones that Jericho keeps advertising every fucking time on his podcast? Uh, it better be. If it's, well. you know what? If this goes where they are having a conversation, and <laughs> and Jericho goes, "That's great, Max," and you know, I want to talk to you more about that. But before I do, I want to talk about these great Omaha stakes. If that this happens. Is- in that segment, now this one hundred percent happen. Please, please let this happen because those are my I favorite. Need I need it. Those are my favorite talk is Jericho things. Is when he's like, "Yeah, and we'll talk more about when you do this." But before that, let's talk about Omaha Steaks. And it's like, wait, what? Yeah, he got me he again. Sideways into him, just like, well, God, uh, I should have noticed the audio quality improving. Yes. <laughs> Damn it. Oh. It, it. It's clear the editors of the Talk is Jericho podcast haven't leveled out the no, consistency no of they. those transitions to no, the actual show in and of itself, which I understand it is hard work. Yes. Editing is incredibly hard work on these. It is. And speaking of hard work, though, John, at this point, we've reached the end of this particular road. So. We have. Uh, thank you for joining me on this journey. Uh, the one year anniversary of Dynamite in the books. Year two starts next week. Yeah. Chris, not, the, not the best anniversary episode, but hey, no. uh, they have some good things come out of it. So yeah. we can run. That. Uh, Chris, where can the people find you on the social media? On the social media side of things, Twitter and Instagram at Brazilian Fury. That's Brazilian with an S instead of a Z. You can find uh, my podcast, Strong South Story, at the PWOM Podcast Network. That's SoundCloud.com slash Pro Wrestling Only or any regular methods of podcasting that you are 
uh, familiar with and that you search for your podcast, just search for PWOM. Strong Style Story will be amongst the shows listed for that. You can also uh, find the podcast itself on Twitter through my co-host Jeff who runs the account. That's a strong style story without the E in style because Twitter character limits. You can also check out uh, the T uh, Night of the Living Geeks podcast network for my other podcast that I uh, help post here, which is Soundtracks on the Sticks. Yes. Jordan Young and I do look at video games and their soundtracks and just sort of the impact that that sort of had in our respective lives and the times in which those were released. Jordan's schedule's been crazy again now that he's got a scar back from a really crazy story that I'll tell you off air as to what happened to it, oh in which we thought we'd have to actually do recordings, but then we didn't. So it's sooner or later we'll have an episode at one point or another. But then, John, uh, what have you got on your end of things? Oh, my goodness. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Tornado Tag Radio. You can follow me on Twitter at JP Thrice. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. Just search Tornado Tag Radio, rate, and review us as well. NOTLG.spreadshirt.com and Patreon.com slash NOTLG if you would like to support us monetarily. Um, but you also... Uh, we, get, we get it. You have a podcast. T-shirts are out there. Yes. They're good. Yes. Please they, go get some. Yeah, there you go. We get it. You have a podcast. And uh, what a time to be undead. Those are two great shirts i love those shirts um but i mean uh if you want to support independent wrestling i mean fight.tv we talked about the collective go support one of those shows um they're they're very reasonably priced and go get a couple of them watch them maybe you'll find a new wrestler and you can support them and also independent independent wrestling.tv that's per- that's perfect because I actually wanted to touch base on something about IWTV. They started their masked wrestler show there as of this week. Yes, it is fun. I gotta watch that. I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with the rest of these episodes there. So that could be something for you and Marianne actually to check out since it was only about half an hour. Oh, uh, we'll see if I can. When does yeah. it air? Does it air on Wednesdays too? Uh, I believe it is on Wednesdays. Yes. Okay, I'll see if I can if I can get her to to watch another. Of thing. course, yeah, that that's the challenge right there. It's Marianne every time. It is indeed the challenge. That is for sure. So, um, join us again next week where we talk about AEW Dynamite and maybe the Masked Wrestler. I don't know. Uh, there's only one thing left to do. So, Chris, if you will. Of course, uh, ring the bell. This has been a Night of the Living Geeks production. For more information and content, visit NOTLG.com.